from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report. Uh, I'm Fenton Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, joined by Tom Campbell, our chief creative officer. Hello, hello. And uh, Jane St. James, editor of the Wow Report. Here I am. <laughs> and we count down the top 10 things each week that made us go wow. So let's start at number 10. Number 10. You guys, there's this musical artist. Her name's Beyonce. <laughs> Never heard of her. Never heard of her. What's going on? Who is this? What? You, you, always on the, the cutting edge. Tom. Thank you. And, and she has a new album out called Renaissance. You follow me so far? Here's the good news from a, an old white man reporting on Beyonce. I like this album. Not that, again, I think Beyonce does great whether I like albums or not, but I feel like it's the first Beyonce album in a long time that has songs on it. And she's paying tribute to queer black artists, um, which is kind of awesome. And people we know and work with very closely, Big Frida, of course, is sampled on it. Uh, T.S. Madison is Kevin. Obvious. I was, I fell out of my chair when I heard that. That is so fantastic. The T.S. Madison or, or which one? Well, oh, Big Freedom, she's worked with Big Freedom before, but T.S. Madison just really blew me out of the park. And no disrespect to T.S. Madison, I'm amazed she managed to keep it a secret. I mean, no. well, T.S. had a great tweet recently where she said, you know, you you do what you do in the dark and you don't have to promote it when it comes out it speaks for itself you know she she didn't have to toot her own horn because no. she was just doing the work and I, always- I'm, I'm just letting people know who might not know there is a big frida show that we did that you can watch i'm sure somewhere uh is it on wild presents plus it certainly is. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yes. And there's a T.S. Madison show that's on WeTV, but we, we have just Google T.S. Madison. We've done all kinds of, we've done her, her driving around and we have more in store for both of them. And they both, by the way, have recorded with RuPaul in the studio like 10 or 12 years ago. So I'm just saying thank you, Beyonce, for catching up to the uh, the queer revolution in music. But, but, but also on, the, on her tracks is Kevin Aviance, yes. who is a longtime LGBTQ yes. person of color, trans performer, who is just an icon in the community. And Absolutely. she, God bless her for using Kevin Aviance. Now, the not so good news, just, the, just a sign of the times, I should say, is that every, it feels like a lot of people this week have been coming out for Beyonce. The bigger they are, the hotter they fall, but Beyonce never falls, which is, First of all, it started with a, a somewhat innocent tweet from Diane Warren, the incredible uh, uh, songwriter, who said, who tweeted, like, it takes 24 writers, you know, to, for a song. And she got a little bit dissed. She, I thought she handled it really well. And, and someone said to her, you know, in the Black community, we sample a lot. And so there's a lot of sampling, especially in um, Space Alien or something. Um, and, but Khalees has come out very angry, the artist Khalees, that Milkshake was sampled. And that her name wasn't in the credits. At first, she's very angry. I think, and I'm I'm not uh, Jessica Fletcher on this. I think that she never got writing credit for Milkshake. She was expected that she would. She never did. Uh, so they added her name. But then she came out. Khalees came out and asked Beyonce to take the Milkshake. Uh, oh right. Like the sample off of the song. So it's gone. 
when that happened and that made news and it seemed like here is, you know, Beyonce doing everything in her power to try to make everything right in a very confusing world. Monica Lewinsky, everyone's pal, wrote, said, oh, while you're, at, while you're changing things, there is a lyric from a 2013 Beyonce song where she talks about someone Monica lewinsky on her gown. And Monica would like that replaced. Had you, had Wasn't there thing? also something with a word that is used in American culture but is verboten in, in British culture? There is a, a, a slang word. It, yes, it's... Um... Don't even say it. It starts oh. with an S. It starts with an S and ends with a Z. Yes. Yes. And, and that's another a- thing. Yes. She's, she was, and she took that out because she was, it was about ableist people, right? It was, she was saying yeah. the word, I think it's the same word that Lizzo said. Lizzo recently had a controversy with so it. So clearly well. it's a slang for a certain group of people, sort of a fun hip slang. And for others, it's an offensive term. Yes. Um, it's, it's one of those things like, where in America, <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But in America, you cannot say that word. It is the worst. But in Britain, it's just like tossed around like it's no big deal. Right. So it's, I, I'm not here to be like, oh, everyone's too sensitive and it's gone too far. It just speaks to the sign of the times and how kind of confusing it is and how, with your best intentions, you're going to offend someone and can't and it's good for groups to stand and individuals to stand up for themselves but at what point do you just say sort of sticks and stones will break my bones there's words i find offensive i wouldn't want to be called an f-a-g-g-o-t you know what i'm saying but uh i'm getting into the album i have not I, it takes i used to know music and learn words like after one listening and now I have to bathe myself in it because of my bad receptors. I think it's fun. It's party. It's music. It's sampling. It, it, it feels like an accomplishment. And it feels uh, much more hooky than some of our other stuff is for my taste. Just, again, everyone's taste, musical tastes are incredibly different. But I did say, I did hear that Monica Lewinsky also said he actually, like, it's the lyric should have been he Bill Clinton on my gown and not Monica Lewinsky. As always, you know, Monica has a point. She has a point. Um, but yeah, James, you need to start listening. It's gonna, it's, it's, uh, you know, you can't break my, it's, it's, it's quite something. I know Beyonce is absolute God. And I know that this is more of a dance album than some of the previous stuff. I just went into it thinking this was going to be the rebirth of disco. Yay. And it's kind of not, I mean, it is more dancey and more, um, hooky than, some of her more recent stuff, but it's still like it's still very Beyonce, I would say. You know, yes, it's not a return to anything. It's definitely moving forward, but it's using. I mean, the reason she's kind of getting in trouble is she samples so many people. But I think it's done um, with again with 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 tribute behind it, which I enjoy. Well, a lot. I love the sample. I love sampling as a way to go. Number one, because pop will eat itself; it always has. And now we have the technology to do that, and it's so genius because. A new song sounds can sound instantly familiar because of sampling. Yes. But secondly, I also love the fact that it's this sort of love letter to to we gays. You know, it's the it's so gay. Well, and not only that, but that now we are all 
one degree of separation from Beyonce <laughs> in a way that we haven't been before because of Big Frida, Kevin Aviance, and T.S. Madison. We could all just say, could you give me Beyonce's number I need to call or I need to ask her about something? <laughs> She's calling me right now. Exactly. What do you know? Hey, B. I want to send Beyonce some House of Love cocktails. You have I a press? <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move on to number nine. Number nine. Number nine, I think I'm going to let Fenton start this one because um, I want to talk a little bit about Ivanka's final resting place, how she was buried in in the golf course. I'll give you the headline. Ivana Trump was buried at a golf course. She's like, she's outside the ninth hole or something. No, no, no. Pictures are frightening. The first hole. She's beside the first hole, which is why I call it. Ivana's Ivana's hole in one, which I think is sort of witty, but also slightly meaningless, and just sort of. And I thought of another uh, little pun. Um, you know, putting on the Ritz, the song, do, 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 putting on the Ritz. Yes. Putting on the tits. You are literally putting playing golf on top of a tit. Putting on the tits. Putting on the tits, and that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all you got. And it does, you know, there there were so many um, that the media jumped on it saying that there was, um, you know, if you get, you, you get a special tax discount. But I want oh, to. Oh, here we go. I can't believe you're about to defend Trump. Well, no, no, I know I'm, I'm not. But the thing is, I was just on the phone with Nikki Haskell, who is. Uh, Ivana Trump's best friend, very, very best friend. She is the godmother to Ivanka and Donald Jr. and Erica and, and Erica and Eric. In breaking she news, is, Eric is Erica. And she, she is, she was literally her best friend. She was there at the golf course uh, at, during the funeral. She and Donald Trump were the only two people who spoke at the funeral. Okay. So she is, it, there, there was, it was a group of like seven people, she, the family and her, she was there. I spoke to her and I asked her, first of all, you know, it was an open casket funeral that, you know, you saw Ivana. What was she wearing? <laughs> she was wearing a gold beaded gown in her jewelries and surrounded by flowers uh, Nikki said she never looked more beautiful, and it looks like she could just jump out of the casket and and hug you like it was it was so lifelike and everything. She said the mood was incredibly somber, and take this for what you will, but that Donald was actually somber, sorrowful, respectful, and when his, his speech brought everyone to tears that he really honestly believed that this was the best place for her. Nikki says, you know, her mother is, Ivana's mother is still alive. She's like 101 in Chicago. She hasn't died, but Ivana did not want to go back to the old country to be buried. And in New York, I don't know if you know New York cemeteries, New York cemeteries are a shit show. They are not taken care of properly. They're like underneath the subway station. There's trains going by. It's like they aren't really dignified places. 
and she said that the media is making this out to be something it isn't, that it was actually a beautiful space on a hill off into the forest where there are 10 other plots where a ton of 10 other family members are going to be married. Nikki said that it was a beautiful family tribute and that everybody was 100% not grifting off of a tax exemption. All right. So Breaking take news. that what you will. Do with that what you Breaking will. Breaking news, James St. James. I know this is a scoop. It James is. St. James defends Donald it, Trump. It, you know, when I say that Nikki knows this family, Nikki was there in the room when Ivanka was being born. She is Ivanka's godmother. She like li- This is how close she literally is to the family. And the only two people to speak at Ivana's true funeral were Ivana and Nikki. And interestingly enough, Nikki Haskell is one of our guests on uh, the podcast coming up because she is a New York nightlife legend. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that she has such an inside story into an inside perspective into the Trumps who are horrible people. But she has, she sees another side of them. Can I just say one? That's an amazing story and amazing insight. And that's like the coolest thing that's ever come out of the Wow Report. So thank you for that insight and for knowing her. I just want to introduce a thought, which is I don't think Ivana's dead. What if she's not dead? What if she's still well, with her? I refuse well, to believe Ivana's dead. I think I've never seen her birth certificate, first of all. And, and I don't think she's dead. I don't think this is over until, until I decide. That Ivana's dead. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, also, the, it, I think that she was cremated so that there could be no uh, exhuming of the body and that, that, that it's on the Trump golf course so that we can't exhume it because there might be some nefarious something going on. Oh, well, there but, you go. This is more like the James St. James I know. You know I know. I know. I And I'm just, I, I was two-sizing it in a way that it's, Pete, you can be around evil to study it. No, but but also, James, evil is so banal. You know, people who knew Hitler said he was just very unassuming and, you know, perfectly fine. And I'm sorry, but I was just making the point that they live in a fact-free world and they create facts. So on something very sensitive, which this is, like, can you? it's, it's what, like, Alex Jones and Donald Trump do. They're bad. I, all right. So Donald Trump's first wife, Ivana, may or may not be buried at the first hole uh, in his Thank you. Uh, golf course. Thank you for creating my... And may or may not have met um, an untimely end. Well, it was an untimely end, right? May yeah. or may not have been pushed by an unseen hand. Now we're talking. Now we're talking because Alex Jones is off the air and we're here to, to bring you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Number eight. Number eight. Went to the movies, took the kids, went to the movies, and saw the most incredible film, Bullet Train. Oh! I've seen posters around for Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Me too. And so I thought, yeah, you know, I don't know. But my friend Jazz at Variety said, you've got to see this. And it really is 
incredible. It is one of the slickest, fastest paced. It's a little Tarantino-esque, but much funnier, sort of twisted, and just so incredibly fast paced and well filmed and well produced. It's it's uh, directed by um oh, what's his name? David Leach, who uh did John Wick, um, and is on IMDB as a billion dollar film director, actor, stuntman, writer, producer. And it's definitely all those talents are really on on parade in this film. He also did John Wick, he did Fast and Furious, he did that Deadpool 2. Um, and I got to tell you, this bullet train movie is really, really good. And Brad Pitt plays a sort of retired secret agent hitman type thing who's back on the job, but he's been going through a lot of Los Angeles, Californian, Big Sur, soul searching. So he's very new age, doesn't use a gun, sort of very like sit with your feelings. And it's so funny. And, and the funny thing is, you know, because Brad Pitt, you don't always think of him as an amazing actor. He's gorgeous to look at, still is gorgeous, older, but very, very gorgeous. And, you know, he hasn't always, like, beyond being beautiful, he hasn't always really done a lot in the movies, you know? Wait, what? I, I think you need to revisit 12 Monkeys. I think you need to revisit California. I think you need to re- revisit Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think you need to revisit Inglorious Bastards. Brad Pitt could turn in powerhouse performances like you've never seen. He really is the real deal. I will oh. still I will still say I am newly interested in Brad Pitt. There's something about this era of Brad Pitt, and it started with me with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the aged, the craggy, the the uh-huh. still gorgeous, but somewhat imperfect and flawed and aging Brad Pitt is newly interesting to me. And maybe and this might be the not the beginning, but I think this is a new era of his of his career. Yeah. I would agree. No, I, I, he is extraordinary, and I think I think he has been underrated for a long time. But he is incredible. Well, in this movie, James, he is incredibly funny, and I hadn't really previously associated him with comedy. Bullet Train in theaters now. Go see it; it's really good. I think that's the big takeaway from here. Wow Presents Plus is the place for all Drag Race. New episodes of Canada's Drag Race premiere on Thursdays, as well as Drag Race France. RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under premieres on Saturdays. That's wowpresentsplus.com. Go sign up. Listen to the price of a latte, blah, blah, blah. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hey, welcome back to the Wow Report. Uh, I'm Fenton, here with Tom and James. All right, we're counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. And we've reached number seven. Number seven. We have a monkey pox update. Thanks to our roving reporter and producer, Blake Jacobs, who has been out there in the field doing uh, doing some research for us. I, of course, did I give you my bad joke last week, which is that I have chunky pox? <laughs> Thank you. And, and no, no offense to anyone who has a monkey pox, but, it, but that's how I excuse my weight right now. Blake, you, is it true that you've had the first vaccination? I did. I got my first vaccination, and I've heard things are going better now. But when I went, I stood in line for five and a half hours in the hot sun in the val- in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah, what? Not in the valley. 
Let me yeah. ask you, what day of the week was this that you did this? It was a Saturday. Oh. <laughs> and so me, how did you find out about it? How did you get there? What what documentation did you need? Um, you had to either be on prep or have attended an orgy or what was the third one? I think been exposed to someone with monkeypox, right? Or, or have some sort of immunocompromised. Yeah, or if you had syphilis or gonorrhea in the past year. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so basically, they're asking you if you're a slut. Is 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 if the you're way you're sexually they... active? We don't shame here, James. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, um, but, but, what... but it does seem to be the framing. It does seem to be they're framing it as: Are you promiscuous enough to to need to warrant getting the the vaccine? Well, I think the idea is, James, that everyone will get it, but they're going to start off with the most likely to get it, the most likely they're starting to... off with the whores. Blake, how did you find out about this particular site? Uh, well, actually, I just drove by it's one of the county offices for medical services, and and I just went up and asked them how you did it. And um, I'm actually, I mean, don't tell anyone, but none of those things. So I just signed up for it and got the monkey pox, pox virus anyway. Or well, good for you. No, you, yeah, I, I, I think it's you okay. know, prevention is, is for, yeah. Okay. What was the vibe like in the four and a half hour line? <laughs> uh I mean, at first it was, you know, bird watching and, oh my God, he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> but then by our, you know, even one, you're like over it. And when yeah. I went, I heard that they have like more stations set up because what you what we did here is waited in a long ass line and then four people could get in line under a tent to get their, you know, rotate through to get their, their vaccine. But there were only like three working tents for all these people. And right. I was number 169 or 179. So it was a long way. But I've heard that it's a little more streamlined now. That's nice. I, I do think these things, everyone gets so uh, judgy about how they're run. And I would imagine it's like any other human endeavor that it takes a little while to get your shit together. Um, right. as, as prepared as you're supposed to be. Were there any women in line? Uh, yeah, there were some women. Nice. Yeah. And you didn't make any friends or any numbers to get any numbers or anything. I actually didn't see a person that I knew and I looked like crap. So I'm glad that that. Happened. All right. All right. And last but not least, do you go back now and sell uh, refreshments and uh, snacks? <laughs> I did kind of think about that. I was like, it would be nice if someone, you know, even if you had to buy a $3 bottle of water, I would yeah. do it right now. Or, you know, get people to sign up to Wow Presents Plus. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're standing in line. Do you want to watch something? Has a free 10% trial. off if you're getting your monkeypox vaccination. <laughs> yeah. I think there's pop-ups now beginning to open up all over the place. So I know I, really get, I haven't been lucky in a long time, but I'm feeling lucky. I want to get a monkeypox shot. I'm feeling lucky, you guys. Watch out, world. There's a, there's a pop-up, I know for sure, this weekend at Bears in Space at Akbar in Los Angeles. Oh. If you... Are in Los Angeles. Right. Okay, let's move on. Number six, James. Number six. There was some news this week about um, Keenan Thompson leaving um, uh, Saturday Night Live this year a- after his contract is up with, and it's very wow. It sort of hit me hard because Keenan Thompson is the longest running cast member on the show. He's been on for ten plus years. Longer than anybody else. 
Um, he, uh, he, you know, it's sometimes quick to dismiss SM, SNL as saying, you know, like, oh, it's not what it was when I used to watch it. It was better in the 70s. And I haven't watched in ages, blah, 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 blah. But SNL really is a lightning rod for so much of of culture and pop culture and politics. Mm -hmm. And it does serve such an important part in our universe where it manages to be satire and to stick a needle into the, the, the political balloon that is, is, is happening at any given moment. Um, uh, you know, there've been so many powerhouse performers, performers on the show in the last 10 years, in the last five years. And you think about what great work Cecily Strong, Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, uh, Pete Davidson, Colin Jost, Michael Che, Melissa Villasenor, all these people are still doing. It would be a completely different landscape without Keenan Thompson. On top of that, Lauren Michaels has said that he may be stepping down because it's been 50 years. And he says 50 years is a good time to cap it for a good time for him to leave. But can you imagine a Saturday Night Live without Lauren Michaels? Well, yes, I can. Because it's an institution. And I think think everything you've said applies to this in the sense that, number one, institutions come in for a lot of criticism and crap. But that's an institution. They're loved and loved and people attack them and behave terribly to them. But it's that's what an institution, that's the purpose of an institution. And as such, it's also something that can survive people leaving and changing over. And and yeah. having had a little a little bit of insight, having spent like three or four days there when Rue was co-hosting, it is an institution. It also is a, a cult of Lord Michaels. And I don't say that in a, in a disrespectful way. Like he does set the the pace having dinner with Lauren. Lauren does the charts still. I mean, I'm not saying he's irreplaceable, but he it is the spirit of Lauren Michaels. He, he's not phoning it in. He's right there doing the job. So there is a little bit. The only other time he left was when the when the original cast left, and he was taken over by Dick Ebersol, um, who was with NBC Entertainment, and they had the the, the sort of wishy washy years. Um, but again, I, I would have to think enough people, no one is Lorne Michaels, but I have to think he has enough uh, protégés and people he's uh, put into shape that, that the show could go on without him. I can't imagine a world without Siren Night Live. Uh, even if it changes, I, I hope it stays. Um, number five. Number five. Who is the Prince of Pegging? Ha! <laughs> By pegging, do you mean strapping on a phallus and uh, f- uh, performing uh, a sexual act intercourse? I do. Is it any of us here? <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be James St. James. That's that it goes without saying. James is a prince among men, but uh, I wasn't thinking of this particular prince, James St. James. Do you know which prince I'm thinking of? It's Prince William. I, it's just the funniest story. Know, right? It was trending on Twitter. And I normally am very blasé about what might be trending on Twitter. But for some reason, this caught my eye. And I'm like, what? WTF? Like, I had not heard this story. Had you? Were you familiar with the story that the, the Prince William likes to get anally penetrated by a, a woman, be it his wife or another woman, with a strap-on dildo. Did you, had you heard that? 
uh, in my fantasies from age from 1997 on, I've been imagining this scenario. But no, I did not think that it was real. Well, and who knows if it is? You know, in the in the because <laughs> <laughs> it's trending on Twitter doesn't mean it's real. I mean, but uh, it it was very interesting that the sort of subplot that or the sort of conspiracy, the conspiracy, I should say is that um, the, the reason that the royal family have sort of condoned and allowed Meghan to be so attacked and Prince Harry to be the focus of a lot of hostility towards the royal family is to absorb flack and keep people's attention on that as opposed to this pegging malarkey. And um, I, 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 look, I'm not an expert in pegging or even this particular... Um, scandal, but I, I understand that um, his wife, uh, Kate Middleton, isn't that into being the pegger. No, you, if you are the peggy, you're the recipient of the peg, so you'll be the yeah, Kate doesn't want to be the pegger, so she's happy for William, Prince William, to go off and get pegged by other ladies as long as there's no emotional commitment. But apparently, the the, the fracas was that one of the ladies who peg, um, there were emotions were involved. So here to the sure. ladies who peg. Ladies who peg, right. I just, I just I thought you were the first time song lyric there is there are the ladies who peg everybody rise. Peg your William. I did. That I is did the craziest. That yeah. is like, that reminds me of tabloid stories from the eighties where it's like, Hillary Clinton has alien baby, you know, into the White House. That's that's some fucked up shit. And by the way, there is no sex shaming here. If Prince William likes to get pegged, good for him. Sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. And and maybe the story was just created to, to be a distraction or whatever like that. But maybe there is something to it. And I... You know, God bless him. He, this is the most interesting thing about Prince William that I think I've ever heard. And um, I, I'm i glad that he has some sort of uh, form of uh, release that he gets to enjoy. Thank you, James. I think that's very beautifully said. And a perfect note on which to go to a break and ask Blake for a question. What famous TV dad was just born Sunday, July 31st? 2022. I know this one. You are listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy, and we'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James St. James and Tom and Blake. And I will just say, before Blake gives you the answer to the question, Snatch your tickets now to meet tons of queens from your favorite Drag Race franchises, including Drag Race UK, Drag Race France, Drag Race Gaspania, Drag Race Holland, Drag Race Italia, and many more queens, celebrities, and icons. That's all happening at DragCon UK, the biggest weekend in Drag Race history, January 6th to the 8th. 2023. It's so not I also want to just sort of jump in and say that our podcast season two of Night Fever is premiering next week on the 8th or the 9th, which is it? It's the 8th, Monday the 8th. Monday the 8th, yes, and you can find it on Apple and Spotify, and it is going to be a spectacular season. We are 
feverishly working to get you a trailer and a sizzle reel out ASAP so that you can see all the nuttiness that is about to, to what be is What is episode one, James? Who's first guest? The first guest is is Michelle uh, Michelle Visage, our Michelle very own Michelle Visage, Visage who uh, talks a lot about her, um, you know, early days as a voguer, her early days as a pop star, and her early days in the teen dance club scene of New ah! Jersey. <laughs> Anything about uh, pegging in there? Talk about pegging. <laughs> Well, well, I, I, I pegged her after the show, so <laughs> digitally, it was an e-pegging, and All there was right. an NFT, there was an NFT of some pegging yeah. created by an, an AI. Well, I have a question: What famous TV dad was just born Sunday, July thirty first, two thousand twenty two? I know this one. Meet George Jetson. <laughs> yeah, his birthday is listed as last Sunday, July 31st, 2022. And funnily enough, there really is a George Jetson that was born this week. Uh, and and he is the only George Jetson in, uh, in the United States. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. We're counting down. Top 10 things made us go well. We've reached number four, Tom. Number four. It has been uh, a lot of loss this week. A lot of celebrities have passed away. And oftentimes in the segment, we do a rest in peace. I want to mention a bunch of names who deserve full pieces, but I, I, I want to talk about one in particular, and then you guys can do your thing. Ben Scully, the voice of the Dodgers, uh, passed away in his 90s. Uh, Nichelle Nichols, who, uh, Uhura from Star Trek, a, a trailblazer in, in every way, passed away. Mo Austin, uh, head of Warner Brothers Records and responsible for everyone from like Prince to the Kinks and more. Um, and Paul Servino, Mira's father and a great actor, passed away. Here's the one that caught me off guard because when I started doing the research, someone had thought about it a long time. At age 95, character actress Pat Carroll passed away. Pat Carroll, you might know, Fenton, she was the voice uh, of Ursula in uh, oh. uh, The Little Mermaid, right? right. Um, and that was oh, the very end of her career. Which she based it off of Divine, which she based the character off of Divine. Yes, or, or they did the, the visual and she did that. And she said, she, I found out that she had a career that started in the 40s and 50s. And she was, and there's a um, interview of her on the Television Academy, has lots of interviews with like pioneers of television. And there's one with her. It feels like maybe it's five or 10 years old. It is full of warmth and wit and wisdom. It's incredible. I sent it to you guys. It's an hour. I'm sure you all rolled your eyes. But if you have any chance, you need to watch it. She won an uh, Emmy in the 50s. She was on the Sid Caesar show. You know, Theron, that's when, oh, Theron, um, Fenton, you know, whenever uh, Rue gives us his rules of comedy, it's from Sid Caesar. And she won, thing, and she talked about working with Sid Caesar and Carl Reiner and 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 the, all these uh, firsthand things of seeing Danny Thomas in a theater, what made his act work and how much she loved him. And then she was a staple on the game shows. And she talks about talking to like Bill Todman of like Todman Goodman or something. And she was doing $20,000 pyramid. Um, and she was being funny. And the, he came, he took her at a break and said, let me talk to you, Pat. He goes, everyone watching at home thinks you're a millionaire. She goes, but she goes, they think you're a millionaire and they're rooting for this person, this contestant to win. So if you're making jokes, that person, you know, people are going to hate you. He goes, comedy will come, 
But she goes, she goes, he gave me that advice. And I worked on game shows for 20 years. She paid my mortgage. Just little insights like that. She's so like bubbly about it all. Then she also did guest appearances on Mary Tellenmore. If you were watching TV in the 60s and 70s, like I was, she has, she was a plus size, little blonde hair, awesome laugh. And she also, um, and then she, later in her life, because you have to reinvent yourself to survive, she ended up uh, 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 um, having someone write a one-woman show for her about Gertrude Stein, which she used, you know, for 10 years, she toured around the country. And then she d- played Falstaff as a man in the Mary Widow, Mary uh, Widow of Winter. But I think you're, you're, you're overlooking the, all the cartoon voices she did. Will you give us yes. uh, some of those voices? I don't have them listed, but she was also, she was a voice artist. And that's what led her to ultimately the, 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 the Jetsons. She was, she was, she was the Judy original Jetson. Judy Jetson. But Bull, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. She yes. was, you know, so many, um, I, I wish I, there's so many of them that, that you know. It's hard to capture her warmth, but it's just when you look at someone's 95-year career, and she worked for most of it, and then she talks about, and I'll have you guys look at this your own, but she, she talks about being a female comedian in the 50s. There were so few, and she was one of them. She started in stand-up, and she goes, you know who was before me? Martha Ray. Martha Ray was so funny, and she could be a clown, her elastic face, but she also could sing the blues. And then she mentioned a name I had never heard, Jean Carroll. Jean Carroll... Uh, so I go on YouTube. I'm watching this thing going on YouTube. And Jean Carroll was a Jewish woman who she is the original. She is the real um, inspiration for the marvelous Mrs. Mabel, Maisel, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm. And Jean Carroll was funny. And she was on the Ed Sullivan show a million times in the 50s. So now in, in addition to Pat Carroll, I'm talking about you can Google Jean Carroll. And she talked about how she was funny and she could be feminine. And the whole idea of not making yourself the butt of the joke. And almost done. And then she talked about Lucy, who she had the privilege of working with. And and she would get her hair done, um, Lucy, at the old Desilu studios for the rest of her life. And she runs she run into Jean there, just out of nostalgia. And she told Carol she was funny. And Carol Burnett, she said, was the next one. These impeccable women of comedy and how they uh, inspired her and taught and 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 because comedy was about as a female, especially either you weren't funny. You weren't allowed to be funny. You weren't encouraged to be funny, or you had to make fun of yourself to be funny. And all these women found a way to kind of rise above it. I, I do want to say about Pat Carroll that she was so seminal in my life. She was so important really? in my life. I, as a 16-year-old uh, theater student in, in high school, I got my hands on a copy of Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein. Oh, yes. And I read it and I knew who she was so I could read it in her voice. And there was a picture of her and the, the way the play was written in the voice of Gertrude Stein's writing is something that it was a light bulb moment. It changed forever in my life. How I think about writing, how I think about writing and, and what it can convey and how you can, can convey it. I think about theater and how it changed my life about how theater can be done. It was one of those, my mind exploded upon reading that. And it really put me on the path that took me to NYU, that took me into the experimental theater wing, that took me into reading about people like Gertrude Stein and later James Joyce and and Kerouac and you know uh, Charles Bukowski, all those people that I never would have opened, it never would have opened up had I not seen that play 
Gertrude Stein. That is incredible. I love that. Again, it's it's just amazing. And, and you know, they're not people we know, no, but they're people we know from the media. And that's almost, in our, for our generation, almost more important, you know, the people that reached out to us. And supposedly there's a recording of Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein with Pat Carroll because it won a Grammy. Um, but uh, anyway. Pat Carroll. Pat, Pat Carroll. Carroll, rest in power. Right? Number three. Number three. Number three. You know, I rewatched the first season of Game of Thrones this past weekend <laughs> because of the upcoming uh, uh, HBO series um, House of Dragons, which is set to premiere. It's a it's a it's a prequel set three hundred years before Game of Thrones, and. Game of Thrones changed the landscape of television forever. Nothing had ever been done on that scale. That amount of money, that amount of of story packed into, they created a world unlike anything that has ever been done on except for Lord of the Rings nobody has ever had that kind of budget to recreate something and do it so masterfully and spectacularly and going back and watching it was very different than what I remembered because it was as each thing is happening my mind is blowing at at the world they're building and the and, and just how intense and deep everything is, but now that I know the story and how it ends and how everything happens, I was able to see where they were planting seeds all along the way for what was going on. It is an incredible show. It's a shame because what happened with Game of Thrones was the very last season they said you can have two seasons. We'll give you enough money for two seasons to do it, or we can you can do it in one comprised season of six episodes or eight episodes. We will give you all, and you can blow all that money on special effects. And what they did was they blew all the money on special effects and comprised it into six seasons when they should have expanded it into two seasons and let the story play out. And fans were furious and it was something like lost where you have invested 10 years in a show and it didn't pay off and it's so sad that game of thrones did not get people are bitter and furious about the way that it ended but if you watch those first five six seasons it is some of the best television show that has ever been out there. And so I am willing to give House of Dragons, when it comes on next week, a, a chance. And I'm we're going to be talking about it a lot. And if, I know neither of you have never seen Game of Thrones, but by God, it is some of it is it is the most masterful thing that has probably ever been done on HBO or any other uh wow. Well, I think it'd be interesting to see, James, what um, Lord of the Rings, the uh, Amazon series is like. Exactly, exactly. Because it is the same thing where they have taken away. I mean, it's not J.R.R. Tolkien, and this is not George R.R. Martin doing it. But I hope that they can 
repent and and, and redo the, the 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 misdeeds that they did by fucking up that last season. But we will see. I can't wait to see it. Um, number two. Number two. What a pickle, James. I know you and pickles are not best of friends. Uh, don't well, get me started. I love well, okay, well, James, do you remember the um, Maurizio Catalan in 2019? Remember what he did? He taped a banana to the wall at Art Basel in Miami. Oh, yeah. He taped uh-huh. a banana and charged, uh, I think, $120,000 for this banana taped to the wall. Well, he didn't back into it, did he? He didn't peg himself with the banana. <laughs> so, the update on this movement of found objects or objets trouvés is that Australian artist Matthew Griffin um, last week plucked a pickle from a McDonald's cheeseburger and slapped it on the ceiling of the art gallery. This is in Auckland. And um, it's basically the size of a quarter. You know, you know the size of pickles in a McDonald's uh, burger. A slice pickle. And it comes with a price tag of $6,200. And the reason I the reason I picked up on this, I guess, I was I was sort of in shock at the Balenciaga trash bag that is now on sale for like almost $2,000. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then this caught my eye. Um, and when you buy this pickle, this piece of pickle, you don't actually get the exact pickle. You get instructions on how to recreate the artwork in your own space. Presumably by taking a pickle from a burger and flicking it on the ceiling. Um, And that apparently is a gesture that elevates the object beyond those that could be found on any McDonald's ceiling. Well, that's a load of bullshit. I think that's my phrase phrase this this, uh, show. That's a load of bullshit. We're trying to stoke conversations about the way value and meaning is generated between people. I only can offer to this very mundane uh, observation, which is I have been to Auckland, New Zealand, as have you, Fenton, and I have eaten McDonald's, and it's delicious in New Zealand. There's something fresher about it. I I don't know if it's worth it. It may be the the pickles. Maybe, yeah. yeah, Maybe, maybe, or the lack of pickles. Maybe they're being snatched more often than we think, than we know. Maybe. Um, That's crazy. What do you, I mean, what do you take? What's what's your... uh, it's What's just, my takeaway? What's my yeah. take out? I, I don't know. I, it's like, it's a crazy world. That's all I got. <laughs> I, I, are, I, 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 the word pickle triggered me and I was, I, I, I can't even discuss it. He was hovering the entire segment. Yeah. We are going to take one more break. And when we come back, reveal the number one thing this week that made us go, wow. Wow. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Spenton here with James and Tom and Blake. And we've been counting down the top 10 things that make us go, wow, we've reached number one. Number one. I think our number one was going to be some resistors of the week. It is. This week that um, uh, really were empowering and inspiring and gave us all hope for a minute. John Stewart, who... Uh, has been passionate for so many years about burn pit, burn pit victims in the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. And he has been 
for the for the veterans. He has been working tirelessly for them, and there was some setbacks that uh, that the Republicans were being pissy because they didn't get something for this, so they were going to stop that. And it was such an ugly look that you know uh, that the Republicans weren't going to help the veterans. And he went on every single show and was passionate in a way that was just. Passionate, based in truth, yes. articulate, uh, yes. uh, um, relatable. You know, that that's the thing that so many politicians don't have is yes. that ability. Bill Clinton had it really good to be able to like really connect with people, talk in common speak, but make perfect sense. John Stewart has that in spades. It makes me, you forget that you miss it. I forget that I miss him from the TV landscape. Yeah. And there was an Apple uh-huh. TV, but he used to be part of my everyday, you know, Monday through Friday. And, um, it makes me wonder, and it's crazy, you know, Oprah for president. Could John Stewart run for president? Would he would that make us happy or would that be in, crazy? A, in a heartbeat? In a heartbeat. This man is someone who is so just I mean, I give my entire I, I would stop everything and campaign for this man. I think he is just one of the best of the best of the best people out there. At, at the time, I also wanted to mention Olivia Blake. What is her name? Juliana. Uh, Olivia Juliana. Yes, the young girl who was body shamed by Matt Gates, who uh, uh, just unfairly it was nasty, it was rude, it was awful. But she did not flinch for a second. She did not stop for a second. She started campaigning on behalf of women who need to write uh, abortion funds to help, you know, to help abortions. She raged in 72 hours, 1.5 million. The money still keeps going up and up and up. And it's just that thing where she took some, she took lemonade, she took lemons and made it into lemonade. And by God, this is a woman to watch. This is someone who is so inspiring and so fantastic. And God bless her. I love that. Thank you, John Stewart. And thank you, Olivia Juliana. And thank you, James and Tom and Blake for uh, another edition of the Wow Report. And thank you uh, for listening to us uh, here on Radio Andy Sirius XM. You can listen to previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. wow.